Hello, and welcome to the Dark Cryptids Podcast. I am your host, Devin Bloodworth. And the things that we discuss on this podcast include, but are not limited to, cryptids, paranormal encounters, dark history, and urban legends. I hope you enjoy this podcast. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dark Cryptids Podcast, hosted by myself, Devin Bloodworth. So, today's episode is actually going to be about old urban legends. Um, Just like kind of urban legends I can sort of remember hearing as a kid when I was back in elementary and middle school. And I'm pretty sure some of you guys remember some of these as well. Um, At least if you're around my age range, I'm currently 21. But with Keeping Light, um, based off of the last episode, not sure if you've seen the last episode yet, the Chupacabra. But in the last episode, I stated I wanted to start gearing the podcast towards a more kind of casual approach. This is actually due more for me for personal preference. Uh, The reason I kind of wanted a casual approach is so that the podcast just seemed more genuine as well as more enjoyable for me to make. Um, It's a lot enjoyable and easier for me to make a podcast episode where I just get on the mic and I just start going into it. Pull up my little short stories, uh, pull up my little Wikipedia articles instead of spending an hour or two just making the script. And then, um, yeah, that, that was, don't get me wrong, the quality of episodes is probably better, but it just, with the way I work, it just wasn't as convenient for me. But enough about me, um, let's go ahead and get right into this. So the first urban legend I've pulled up, and I do remember this pretty well, actually, uh, it's called... The Babysitter and the Man Upstairs. And bear in mind, this is read off of Wikipedia. So, they're kind of shortened down a little bit. But, in my opinion, like, it still gives you a general idea. So, The Babysitter and the Man Upstairs. It's also known as The Babysitter or The Sitter. It's an urban legend that dates all the way back to the 1960s. About a teenage girl babysitting children who receives a phone call from a stalker who continually asks her to check the children. The basic storyline has been adapted a number of times in movies. The 1950 murder of teenage babysitter Jeanette Chrisman is commonly cited as a source of the legend. But here's the way that the legend goes. The legend details a teenage girl who is watching television at night while babysitting After the children have been put to bed, the phone rings. The caller tells her, check the children. The adolescent dismisses the call, but the anonymous anonymous caller dials back several times. Eventually, the babysitter calls the police, who inform her they will trace the call. After the stranger calls again, the police return her call, advising her to leave immediately. She evacuates the home and the police meet her to explain that the calls were coming from inside the house, 
and that the unidentified prowler was calling her after killing the children upstairs. Um, there's actually some other versions of this as well, as I'm kind of looking at it. Uh, some other versions are, the first one, I don't really like this version because it makes it less scary. Uh, the caller turns out to be either one of the children or an elder sibling who decide to scare the babysitter as a prank. Um, the babysitter is also killed. I've, I've heard this one before. Um, where the babysitter manages to rescue the children and a prowler gets arrested by police. I vaguely remember that story um, where like she rushes up there and checks on them. And she grabs the children and leaves the house after calling the police. And then uh, I remember that the police, like they would search the house and find them in the closet or under the bed or something creepy like that. Um... Some versions of prowlers just breathing heavier, making weird noises. Um, the children are with the babysitter watching television, and the prowler keeps calling them, saying that he'll be with them in decreasing amount of times. Then, after the news that the calls are coming from inside the house, they hear a door upstairs opening, and a sound of footsteps heading towards the room where they are. Uh, years later, babysitter is now an adult and has a family of her own. One evening, she and her husband go to have dinner out while babysitter looks after the children. The evening is going well until a waiter approaches their table and says that there is a phone call for her. So then she answers the phone and hears, did you check the children? Oh, Lord. And this, this kind of ties in with the other one I was telling you about. The police informed one of the children that they found a prowler under the kid's bed holding a weapon. Yeah, that's the one That's the one I remember very well. I remember one very well of, like, the children didn't get killed, but um, that the prowler was hiding in the room the whole time. That That's one I remember very well. So, the next one... And I remember as a kid, me and my friends, we used to do this a few times. Uh, Bloody Mary. Uh, Bloody Mary is a legend of a ghost, phantom, or spirit conjured to reveal the future. She is said to appear in a mirror when her name is chanted repeatedly. For us, it was three times. The Bloody Mary apparition may be benign or malevolent. Malevolent. You guys know what I'm saying depending on historic variations of the legend. Bloody Mary appearances are mostly witnessed in group participation play or by a man who is about to die. All right, so before I get into the ritual part of this, keep in mind, this is the first time I'm reading these two. Um, like I said, to kind of give that genuine authenticity of it. The way I remember the ritual going, what me and my stupid little friends would do is I would say this was in elementary and middle school. We would go into the school bathrooms, um, and we'd take some candles with us. And what we would do is we would all um, go into like one of those handicap stalls, like one of the big stalls with the mirror and all that, and the sink. So we'd go in there, we'd shut off all the lights to the bathroom, we set up the candles, and then we would uh, sit there and be scared shitless as we 
look into the mirror and say, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary three times. And as a kid, I remember that being the scariest thing I've ever done. But looking back as an adult, like, it doesn't seem that scary to me anymore. But here's how the ritual went according to Wikipedia. Historically, the divination ritual encouraged young women to walk up a flight of stairs backward, holding a candle and a hand mirror in a darkened house. As they gazed into the mirror, they were supposed to be able to catch a view of their future husband's face. There was, however, a chance that they would see a skull or the face of the Grim Reaper instead, indicating that they were going to die before they would have the chance to marry. I did not know that. I didn't know that's where it originally came from. In the ritual of today, Bloody Mary allegedly appears to individuals or groups who ritualistically invoke her name in an act of cataptromacy. This is done by repeatedly chanting her name into a mirror placed in a dimly lit or candlelit room. The name must be uttered 13 times for us illustrate or some other specified number of times. The Bloody Mary apparition allegedly appears as a corpse, witch, or ghost that can be friendly or evil, and is sometimes seen covered in blood, hence the name. The lore surrounding the ritual states that participants may endure the apparition screaming at them, cursing them, strangling them, stealing their soul, drinking their blood, or scratching their eyes out. Now, for us, the only one that we believed would happen is uh, her scratching our eyes out. That was the main thing back then for us. Some variations of the ritual call Bloody Mary by a different name. Hell Mary and Mary were for popular examples. We just called her Bloody Mary. The modern legend of Hanako-san in Japan strongly parallels a Bloody Mary mythology. And you know what? The Hanako-san um, one, I also have that... One here or later that we're going to read about. It's pretty similar. But yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like if any of you guys were going to relate with one of these urban legends, it would most definitely be the Bloody Mary one. Yep, and as promised, Hanako Sound is next. So, Hanako-san is a Japanese urban legend about the spirit of a young girl named Hanako-san who haunts school toilets. Hmm. I don't know about you guys, but when I hear school toilets um, compared to bathrooms, like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, when I'm talking about something scary, to me it sounds scarier when I say the bathrooms or something else along that line. It's not school toilets. But, like many urban legends, the details of the origins of the legend vary depending on the account. Different versions of the story include that Hanako-san is a ghost of a World War II era girl who was killed while playing hide-and-seek during an air raid, that she was murdered by a parent or a stranger, or that she committed suicide in a school... I'm going to call a school bathroom. School toilet sounds stupid. Or that she committed suicide in a school bathroom. Legends about Hanaku-san have achieved some popularity in Japanese schools, where 
children may challenge classmates to try to summon Hanaku-san. The characters have been depicted in a variety of media, including films, manga, anime, and video games. Alright, the legend. According to legend, Hanaku-san is the spirit of a young girl who haunts school bathrooms and can be described as a yokai or a yuri. Yurei. <laughs> the details of her physical appearance vary across different sources, but she is commonly described as having a bobbed haircut and is wearing a red skirt or dress. The details of Hanaku-san's origins also vary depending on the account. In some versions, Hanaku-san was a child who was murdered by a stranger or an abusive parent in a school bathroom. In other versions, she was a girl who committed suicide in a school bathroom. In still other versions, she was a child who lived during World War II and was killed in an air raid while hiding in a school bathroom during a game of hide-and-seek. To summon Hanaku-san, it is often said that individuals must enter a girl's bathroom, usually on the third floor of a school, knock three times on a third stall, and ask if Hunaku-san is present. If Hunaku-san is there, she will reply with some variation of, Yes, I am. Depending on the story, the individual may then witness the appearance of a bloody or ghostly hand. The hand, or Hunaku-san herself, may pull the individual into the toilet, which may lead to hell. Or, the individual may be eaten by a three-headed lizard who claims that the individual was invading Hunaku's privacy. I was just kind of reading in the history of this. It looks like this legend dates back to the 1950s. And apparently it's been popularized since the 1990s. And it's still going strong, though. Apparently in 2014, there's an article published uh, saying that Hunaku-san has become a fixture of Japanese urban folklore. But yeah, that one, I'm not going to lie. That was the first time I've ever heard that urban legend. Um, I kind of included it in there because of how old it was. And just to see if any of you guys have maybe heard of that one. But this next one, I am about 95% positive. At least some of you guys have heard of this one. Because I've heard of this one and I remember it like creeping me to hell out because of the plot twist. Alright, Killer in the Backseat. The Killer in the Backseat, also known as High Beams, is an urban legend from the United States and United Kingdom. It was first noted by folklorist Carlos Drake in 1968 and texts collected by Indiana University students. The Legend. The legend involves a woman who is driving and being followed by a car or truck. The mysterious pursuer flashes his high beams tailgates her, and sometimes even rams her vehicle. When she finally makes it home, she realizes that the driver was trying to warn her that there was a man, a murderer or escaped mental patient. We remember it being a mental patient back when we told it. Hiding in her back seat. Each time the man sat up to attack her, the driver behind had used his high beams to scare the killer, causing him to duck back down. In some versions, the woman stops for gas, and the attendant asks her to come inside to sort out a problem with her credit card. Okay, this is what I'm reading right now. This is what I remember us telling each other um, back in middle school. 
In some versions, the woman stops for gas, and the attendant asks her to come inside to sort out a problem with her credit card. Inside the station, he asks if she knows there's a man in her back seat. In another, she sees a doll on the road in the moors, stops, and then the man gets in the back. In another version, the woman gets into a car, and then a crazed person leaps out from nowhere and starts shouting gibberish and slamming their hands on the car. I also remember this version of it. The woman quickly manages to escape from them, but no matter how far or which direction she drives, every time she stops, the same crazed person appears and attacks the car. The woman then arrives at a police station and tells the police about the crazed person. The police calm her down and offer to drive her back to her house, or safe place in other versions. But when they go with her to get her things from the car, they find the killer hiding behind the driver's seat. As it turns out, the crazed person that was chasing the woman was a ghost of one of the killer's victims, trying to either warn the woman or get at the killer. Yeah, I remember that one very well. Um, that one was like definitely one of those urban legends where like it wasn't like one kind of version of it set in stone. Like I heard quite a few versions as a kid. Um, some of them. Like, a person would be following behind her and, like, doing a high beam thing. And they would both pull into a gas station. And, like, I remember, like, the person driving a vehicle behind her would be like, hey, comes to a gas station with me. And she'd be creeped out. But then he would, like, whisper her, whisper to her, there's someone in your back seat. Um, and then the other ones, like, you know, the gas station attendant would come out and be like, hey, there's someone in your back seat. Turns out they're crazed fucking mental patient or something all right this next one some of you guys should know as well um i'm probably gonna butcher to pronounce a pronunciation on the name of this so i'm just gonna call her the slit-mouthed woman because that's what it translates to from a uh, japanese all right the slit-mouthed woman is a malele malevolent figure in Japanese urban legends and folklore. Described as a malicious spirit or unreal of a woman, she partially covers her face with a mask or other item and carries some sort of sharp object. She has been described as a contemporary yokai. According to popular legend, she asks potential victims if they think she is beautiful. If they respond with no, she will kill them with her long scissors. If they say yes, she will reveal that the corners of her mouth are slit from ear to ear. And she will then repeat her question. If the individual responds with no, she will kill them with her weapon. And if they say yes, she will cut the corners of their mouth in such a way that resembles her own disfigurement. Methods that can be used to survive an encounter with the slit-mouthed woman include answering her question by describing her appearance as average, or by distracting her with money or hard candies. The Legend According to Legend, I'm going to go ahead and try to say her name one time. The Kuchisaki Oni Anna was a woman who was mutilated during her life, with her mouth being slit from ear to ear. In some versions of the story, 
the slit-mouthed woman, was the adulterous wife or mistress of a samurai during her life. As punishment for her infidelity, her husband sliced the corners of her mouth from ear to ear. Other versions of the tale include that her mouth was mutilated during a medical or dental procedure. That she was mutilated by a woman who is jealous of her beauty, or that her mouth is filled with numerous sharp teeth. After her death, the woman returned as a vengeful spirit. She covers her mouth with a cloth mask, often specified as a surgical mask, or in some iterations a hand fan or handkerchief. She, always, she also carries a sharp instrument with her, which has been described as a knife, a machete, a scythe, or a large pair of scissors. She is said to ask potential victims if they think she is attractive, often phrased as, Am I pretty? Or, Am I beautiful? If the person answers no, she will kill the person with her weapon. And if the person answers yes, she will reveal her mutilated mouth. And then she repeats her question. If the person responds with no or screams in fright, she will kill the person with her weapon. If the response is yes, she will slice the corner, corners of the person's mouth from ear to ear. An individual can survive an encounter with her by using one of several methods. In some versions of the legend, she will leave the potential victim alone if they answer yes to both her questions. Though in other versions, she will visit the individual's residence later that night and murder the person while sleeping. Other survival tactics include replying to her question by describing her appearance as average, giving the individual enough time to run away. Distracting her by giving or throwing money or hard candies in her direction as she will stop to pick them up or by saying the word pomade three times. Yeah, that one I remember as a kid a lot too. That one didn't really scare me as much though um, because I knew it was kind of a Japanese culture kind of thing. And, you know, living in the U.S., that one didn't really scare me too, too much. Now, this last one I remember very well. I remember like um, I remember this was like very popular on the YouTube scary stories before you go to bed type of videos back in the day. I remember someone like actually took the time to like make an art piece of it, like they made an art. You you've probably seen it on the internet once I described this to you, but it's it's called the licked hand. The licked hand, known sometimes as the doggy lick, or humans can lick too, is an urban legend. It has several versions and has been found in print as early as February of 1982. Alright, the legend. A very young girl is home alone for the first time with only her dog for company. Listening to the news, she hears of a killer on the loose in her neighborhood. Terrified, she locks all the doors and windows, but she forgets about the basement window, and it is left unlocked. She goes to bed, taking her dog to her room with her, and letting it sleep under her bed. She wakes in the night to hear a dripping sound coming from the bathroom. The dripping noise frightens her, but she is too scared to get out of bed and find out what it is. To reassure herself, she reaches a hand towards the floor, toward the floor for the dog, and is rewarded, rewarded by a reassuring lick on her hand. The next morning, when she wakes, 
She goes to the bathroom for a drink of water, only to find her dead, mutilated dog hanging in the shower with his blood slowly dripping onto the tiles. On the shower wall, written in the dog's blood, are the words, humans can lick too. Other story variations feature a nearsighted old woman rather than a young girl. The fate of the dog also varies, from the dog simply being hanged to it being skinned, disemboweled, or otherwise mutilated. The message is sometimes written on the floor or on a bathroom mirror rather than on the wall. Some versions include the parents' return and their discovery of the killer hiding elsewhere in the house, frequently in the basement, the girl's bedroom closet, or under her bed. In other versions, the girl's parents arrive back in the morning and ask if their daughter had a good night. When she tells them that her dog had kept her calm by licking her hand, she is told that the dog in question has been locked either in the basement or outside. The story usually either ends with the killer never being found and or the girl dying. Now, <laughs> this one I definitely remember um, as a kid. This story like, kind of creeped me out a lot more than the other ones, though, because, you know, as a kid, I grew up with dogs. And there was plenty of times where I was in middle school and um, my parents would leave me home alone. So that's why, like, stories that involve, like, a killer in a house and stuff like that has always kind of creeped me out. Um, especially being, like, 12, 13 years old and, like, just being left home alone. Um, especially overnight, like, reading that kind of stuff will just scare the shit out of you. But that was actually our last urban legend of the day. Um, well, for this episode. And to be completely honest with you guys, I'm surprised we made it 25 minutes. Um, that's what we're at right now. Because I kind of just wanted to put out this episode as just like a quick little episode um because i'm still in the middle of my eight day work week um so i just want to put out a little episode real quick for you guys and i expected to be like 15 20 minutes long and i expected to turn out to be a full episode but i guess that's what happens when you're just hanging out really um thank you guys for listening so much um, I'm noticing every time I put out a new episode, my audience count grows. Um, the new episodes are getting more views than the last ones. So the channel is definitely growing. Well, the podcast, I'm not on YouTube. <laughs> the podcast is definitely growing and I appreciate the hell out of all you guys for that. I really do. This is just something I kind of like to do on the side. Um, it's something I like to do on my own time, honestly. On my own time, I love watching scary videos, reading about cryptids, creepypastas, SCPs, urban legends, um, watching horror movies, reading horror fiction, like just all that stuff. So I'm really glad that I can kind of share what I like to do into a podcast type of form. Because I know there's lots of people out there that like that kind of stuff too, but like it really sucks like... Because, like, if you're driving or something, or maybe you're at work, you don't exactly have time to pull out your phone and, like, scroll through that stuff, reading that stuff, or pull out your book, or watch a movie. So that's kind of what this podcast is geared towards, sort of. If you're doing something, you could turn on a podcast and just listen to some creepy shit. That's actually meant for adults. 
Um, obviously, I know I've got teenagers that listen to this podcast, but in a day, this podcast is geared towards more towards adults. Um, and I've noticed lots of other podcasts, and this isn't really talking shit about them, don't sort of, it's sort of made for all ages. Some of the stories are kind of scaled down. They try to avoid the stories that include um, bloody and gutty stuff and all that other stuff. They kind of appeal to a sort of all ages type of thing while still trying to be scary. In my opinion, this podcast is stuff that I genuinely find scary. And the stuff I genuinely find scary or more realistic, more bloody and gory and stuff like that. So, like I said, at the end of the day, this podcast is geared towards adults. Yes, I currently have um, a sponsorship from Anchor, and we'll probably get more sponsorships here soon. Um, At the end of the day, I'm not going to sacrifice that genuineness of putting out what I think is genuinely scary just for sponsorships. So, you guys will always know that no matter what, the podcast is going to be as genuine as it can be. But, to go back to our analytics... Real quick before we get ready to get off here. Um, Houston, Texas is still the most popular city and state that has been watching a podcast. So thank you everyone in Houston, Texas for listening. And please keep sharing it. The podcast actually now has a Facebook page. If you look up the Dark Cryptids podcast, um, you'll just see it. And the Facebook page is what I'm going to be the most active on since I use Facebook the most. I also have an Instagram page called The Dark Cryptids Podcast without any spaces. However, like if you want the better experience of getting episode updates earlier, knowing what episode is before it releases and stuff like that, definitely check out the Facebook page. Um, Because the Instagram page, like I have it. You can message me on there. You can DM me and I'll still respond. But the Instagram page is just more for pushing out when new episodes release and that's about it the facebook page is where it's at um but as always if you guys have any feedback want to submit a listener story or just want to tell me how amazing the podcast is you can either direct message me on instagram or you could go to the facebook page and message me through messenger on there both the instagram and the facebook page are going to be called the Dark Cryptids Podcast. But thank you everyone for listening, and until next time, stay spooky.